Welcome back to another The Bowfinger Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger. One minute of screen time per episode. Hello there, it's me, Ethan McKinley, calling in from the UK as your part-time host and full-time lover of Jim O'Kane, the uh, captain of this ship. Sorry, Jim, let's embarrass him as we jump off uh, on a Monday. Uh, and once again, Jim, thank you for having me on. Uh, if you don't know me, viewers, I'm the uh, alumnus of the Two Minute Terminator podcast and the Questionable podcast. And I think our lineage goes back, my God, eight years, Jim. 2015, I think we did Airport Minutes, I think. It is, yeah, 20, 2016, I think. I'm gonna try, or very end of 15, 16 in there. So yes, it's been quite, it, it, we're getting to be the old timers on this show. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of kind of odd but you know it's it's good but thank you very much for having me on for this week and uh, thanks for being on this show it's, it's a pleasure been, uh, it's it's always good to have you on well the honor is mine i was just saying to well inside baseball listeners that uh schadenfreude i was secretly hoping uh, there would be a bump in gym schedule so i could jump on as as is always the way because of human nature and scheduling and uh, he's always very graciously had me on uh, as a guest host for a week or two here or there. And Jim, it's always a pleasure. I always learn so much. And it's like a holiday, as I said, uh, coming on this show and discussing these movies. I always walk away a better man and a smarter man because of you. So thank you. Uh, well, thank you. Well, uh, while we're in the mutual admiration society, thank you for being you're the you're the Ringo of the of the series, taking over for so many podcasts. He can't podcast, but the guy that was really good left at the last minute, and now he's got all the millions. That's me. That's the way it is. But uh, we, we're here in uh, minute 26 already. And uh, this, uh, uh, thankfully, you have gone through these kind of experiences with auditioning and interviews and all kinds of stuff. So I, I, I feel this is, uh, you, you, might, you might feel personally, <laughs> personally uh, attacked oh, by, yes. this, uh, by this minute. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's very much, uh, for, for those who would like to look into Ethan McKinley's uh, IMDb, uh, history. He's he's got a bunch of different uh, different venues that he's uh, performed upon, and um, I I know from from hearing his his stories of uh, auditions that didn't go well or auditions that seemed to go well and then went nowhere. Uh, yes, this is right along the Bowfinger Alley. Well, I think Chris Reeves said that, didn't he? Sometimes you uh, with auditions, the things that you don't really want, you end up getting. Because uh, I think because you're not switched on or that invested, you see more kind of, uh, I guess, cold and professional, perhaps, or just like shruggy or not caring, maybe. So you're not nervous. Therefore, you actually do the things they want. Whereas when you go and go, stand here, go on the mark. Okay, what do you want? If you're too eager, just like on a date, uh, it never works out. So you just uh, 
play it cool, play Han Solo. But yeah, Christopher Reeve uh, said, uh, sometimes when you think you're not going to get the job, you get it or hope you're not going to get it. And when you really want it, you choke. So that is the yeah. story of any actor, uh, high or low in the in the pecking order. And here we are with this scene in, <laughs> in Bowfinger, the trials and tribulations of an actor, the cold, impassive faces, the manipulations, the, 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 the shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, wow. Yeah. It, and uh, we can, we can set the scene at minute 26 starts with Daisy showing up, uh, putting down her luggage right after wandering around a, a rather long montage of wandering around Hollywood, trying to figure the place out. And, uh, she, she steps into Bowfinger International Pictures and, uh, and meets, <laughs> meets Bobby right there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I've met people who have uh, uh, this, this, this little house that he's, that he's in this, uh, this little studio apartment thing uh, at the end of a the street. There are so many places like this in LA. Oh yeah. That um, they have a great letterhead and they have an enormous website or things like that. But when you get there, it's like, wait, this is somebody's old house and they're shooting in the living room. Yeah. Um, the and, cast, uh, not the casting couch, the casting house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you have a, you have, a, there are many bow fingers in, Hollywood, you will mm. meet them, and they have uh, their legends in their own minds. <laughs> and, and They're in the UK it, as well, Jim. I assure you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's just uh, you know they they believe they believe their own uh, press releases. So it's uh, uh, it's amazing how spot on this is. I'm sure Steve Martin had had bumped into people like this for uh, for doing things. Um, I the the funniest part of this minute was uh, that he wants $25 for an audition. And I've known some places here in the, where I live in Dallas, uh, where if you want to join uh, modeling or acting or anything like that, it's usually a pay up front. <laughs> yes. So we have those in the UK. Yeah. Pay us some money. We'll set you, set you up with a photographer and then we'll put you on our books and you just yeah. put it, put on. So if, if, if you get past the photography station, you make it out alive, you just end up on some defunct website and nothing happens and they've collected $400. Yeah, 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 and 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 forever you're they're they're ahead of you on the uh, search engine, so that exactly. if somebody wants to contact you for for a job, that you got to go through them first, and they've this forgotten who you are. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, and this is uh I mean this is pre-internet, but it's nothing's changed. It's just gotten a little, it's gotten faster. How many more people can do this, and maybe more? Well, internet. yeah, I think because of all these bow fingers now, this has become it's it's a it's a double-edged sword, Jim. I think because there's a lot of websites in the UK that was like Mandy and Star now casting core pro and i think because of that it's kind of uh and the, i guess the financial crash or whatever so you've got like big movie stars that have started doing television over the last 10 years further down the fractal on my level you just get kind of pushed off the table so because of that all these kind of like i wouldn't say dodgy because you can earn some good money on them but there are like a lot of dodgy jobs on these websites or casting outlets where you can you know book a job you pay like a netflix fee six dollars a month or whatever and uh, you can find work, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of unscrupulous people on them as well. So be careful out there, folks. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and, and you know, in the days before YouTube, you can—it's amazing that you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you're a 15 year old girl, you can get a job on YouTube uh, selling, you know, telling people yep. what eyeshadow yep. to wear. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of the uh, the market's turned topsy turvy. So it has. Of it's the decentralization of things, isn't it? I think that's why you've got the industry now. Uh, you don't have like banner movie star i think tom cruise is the last one left but even with johnny depp you get like four names above a, a title and i think the franchise is the is the i guess the star isn't it now at the moment the movie star age of the movie star seems to have gone away because of like you said tiktok generation uh instagram uh you know models and all this stuff and because of that yeah the uh 
it's affected the wages and the uh, exposure. You can become famous, like you said, from twerking as a 16-year-old girl or, you know, get nowhere as a seasoned Shakespearean actor, (laughs) which I'm not. (laughs) You know, you wind up in uh, butter commercials or something. Exactly. um, Yeah, it's... uh, it's funny, but I've I've known I've known a lot of uh, bowfingers and I've known a lot of daisies in the world. Yeah, and just uh, how fast you can pick up on how the business works or wh- who, who what really matters, and and it changes day to day. You, oh you know, yeah, when, constantly you know, in flux. Yeah, I have uh, I have friends who were big in uh, like the Vancouver film scene. And now they're they're like working in Central Europe because they just happen to have, um, you know, they could get a Polish passport or something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're in action movies in uh, Warsaw. Yeah. Um, and it's just if you have some kind of an in some little little bitty thing, and we've yeah. had people on our shows that have, you know, like they might have a military background or they have some some unusual thing that they can do. And all yeah. of a sudden, boom, you're the you're the next star of Amazon Prime. Well, my friend Marek, who's Polish, Marek Orovek, uh, he's Polish, but he speaks Russian and German. So because he's so, so niche in the UK, he gets every Russian, Lithuanian, gangster, spy, uh, German, Nazi, anything. He get all the roles he gets, I think. <laughs> so he's always working, but he's so niche because he speaks three languages. Wow. So yeah, yeah, he's always doing stuff all the time. And like you said, there are these small islands of uh, little islands of entertainment or little industries, like you said, Eastern Europe. I'm now involved in one, uh, you know, I'm off to Bollywood. If they can get my NDA sorted and the contracts and the, and the visa, yeah, we're shooting a film. On. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? It's it's all, everything has gone all over the place and decentralized. Hollywood's like, you know, wobbling here and there. They're not having many hits, but then like you've got uh, Indian film industry, like you said, Eastern Europe and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, and Hollywood's turned into like the eye of the hurricane. There's nothing really going on there uh, as we're as we're recording this uh warner <laughs> brothers studios is turning into a shopping mall and that's is it? always yeah oh yeah they're turning into like mixed use condos and uh you know i mean it's it's nice expensive uh burbank wow. real estate but uh that yeah the whole warner brothers that thing that you always saw at the opening of every warner brothers movie was yeah from the warner brothers studios what about all the lots that you've seen like if there's a joe dante movie or the at the end of peewee's big adventure that's the warner's lot isn't it all those kind of big yeah. hangers and things is that yeah what it is yeah. or is the, the big main that's, building that's no it's all going it's like the you know the water tower and all that that's or the water tower is probably going to stay there because it's, a, Landmark. it's an icon yeah. yeah but it's going to be you know backed Absolutely. up to a macy's or a nordstrom's or something and uh, wow yeah, so what? So, where's Warner's gone then? Because we discussed this, I think, the day or two before about Atlanta, Tyler Perry Studios, all this stuff, Vancouver that you said. Where's yeah. Warner Brothers going? Have they gone out of business? They're, Are they being bought up by Apple or something or what? There, it's. I mean, Warner's part of the whole uh, Time Warner, and you know, they've, yeah. they've owned CNN, they've owned uh, all these other different companies, and they're they're just shedding the the assets, the crown jewels, to keep. Uh, to keep the place running nobody's You'd think though that their actual studios which is an icon of i mean i've auditioned there a bunch of times uh yeah. i think once upon a time was my first audition there you go beyond the hollywood hills down there you, if you go to the hollywood sign yeah. to that top where you can see down you can see all the studios you can see the uh water tower yeah. and stuff and disney yeah. with the seven dwarves outside and things on the pillars right yeah they're out yeah. there and i it's... can't believe that's going see again we learn something yeah. new every day with jim on this show <laughs> yeah i mean the only thing the only active thing out there is uh, across the street from warner is uh, forest lawn the, the big cemetery is, <laughs> is right right across the street so it's i mean that's going away i'm hearing discussions you know and uh, I'm, I'm picturing people listening to this years from now that, you know, that happened that happened and that happened. but uh universal 
is looking at turning the whole uh, studio into a theme park. You know, they, they're making more money with the theme park than they are making shows there. Um, and it, where it, is the studio? Because I think you walk around a couple of them on the tour, but is that the studio? Is it yeah, just like it's, for front, it's for kind of on the northeast, display purposes? The northeast side of the lot is still being used for filming, but it's very rare that it's that it's used. I and mean, where's that? Is that the Psycho House? Is that that side yeah, kind of well, okay? Yeah, only further north of that. I mean, it's a little, you know, it's you got the Psycho House. You've got that street from uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, the crash plane that might still be. Yeah, there, you've got know. the Back to the Future area. Yeah, and, and that's okay. still occasional use, but nobody. Nobody's really filming there because it's so, you know, for one thing, it's expensive. And yeah. for another thing, there really isn't that much left. Um, yeah. Paramount's the only one that I know that really, I mean, Paramount and Sony Studios, Sony Pictures, which is the old Columbia lot, mm. um, they're, they're still doing stuff. But that's mostly like TV shows. You've got Oprah and you've got Jeopardy and things like that going mm. on there. It's mostly just TV. Um, Paramount still does uh, regular uh, regular shows there. I mean, all the, but even, I mean, they're one of their big, uh, uh, tent poles, uh, which has always been the Star Trek series, like Deep Space Nine and Voyager mm. and all that, that's all being filmed in Canada now. It's up in uh, Ottawa and in Montreal. And so, that because of the 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 I guess the 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 spends or the budgets, it's cheaper to film there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you think about you think about what you know where where the money goes. It's a lot cheaper to run it in Canada, and they've got the same they've got the same crews available there. I mean, if you can shoot in Vancouver, Vancouver every. Mm. If, if you're not in Georgia, you're in Vancouver. So is that just because um, state taxes or just taxes in general in California are crazy off the scale? I is that I think a lot of it has to do with um, where uh, uh, SEMPTE and uh, SAG, the different different unions have their contracts set up. And if you're yeah. working in what they call the TMZ, the 30 mile zone surrounding uh, downtown Hollywood, the prices go way, way up. So yeah. They say, let's take it on the road and go to Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's affordable. There's a lot more locations. Yeah. Uh, just like, just like California, you've got 12 months shooting there. You don't have to worry about snow or rain or a lot of stuff. Mm. And, uh, and nobody seems to mind. You just jump on a plane and you're there. <laughs> so, uh, so this, I was going to say this house, both things in, it's probably a set, but this kind of size house would be like what, $2 million in or three in, yeah, in LA yeah, now. Yeah. And the, yeah, the Bowfinger house is still there. It's, uh, Oh, so it is. It's actually there a house. Where is it? Yeah, it's um, it's in West Hollywood. It's in it's in North Hollywood. North Hollywood. Okay. And uh, if you look at it nowadays, there's um, one of our one of our hosts, uh, Robert Black, I think, has vis has visited there as part of his show. So I'm not sure if he's in front of us or behind us, but somewhere he's going to be talking about yeah uh, the the place itself. But it's uh, you know, when we see that opening shot where you just see the little house and it's in the middle of a uh, empty lots with a bunch of uh, you know. Uh, tow truck uh, parking lots and stuff nowadays all that is gigantic high-rise condos and apartments yeah. and stuff so it's kind of, but the house is still there it's still the ritzy neighborhood and there's still i think there's some kind of a production office there i'm right. not sure what they're doing but it's it's still i think sometimes as well you get uh, people buying those big high-rises but they don't live in them they just have as an investment don't they so you've got to these big empty buildings i know that was the case in uh vancouver when i was training stunts with peter kent arnold schwarzenegger's guy he said all these big buildings are coming in like foreign investors come in but they don't even visit well they come and see the, the place or see it online buy it and then it just sits empty as an investment strangely so you've got these kind of like quiet empty cities and townships with all these like cavernously large buildings in ah, <laughs> I, I, the address is a uh, 1621 vista del mar avenue okay yeah because genesee uh, avenue is the uh nightmare on elm street house isn't it and across the road in orange grove that's the the halloween street those are the ones two i know about yeah this is uh, it's off of el centro just southeast of hollywood and vine 
Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where Hollywood of mine is. Tried to get my driver's license in there. Oh really? Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. You're not in the country long enough to have it uh, go through. You're in, here. You're three months and you're going to be left, so you, you can't pass your test. I couldn't drive at that point, strangely. Now I can. Passed ah. in the UK. Wow. I was going to say, Steve. Oh, carry on. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Frank Oz directed this, right? What is yeah. the Frank Oz Steve Martin relationship? Is that Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, or they go back even perhaps further than that? I think it's all the way back to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. There may be an earlier one, but I know yeah. they have, they've had a very long relationship uh, yeah. in, in uh, cooperating with it. I think they each get each other's sense of humor. Um, <laughs> uh, Who do you think chose Steve's shirt? Was it Steve, do you reckon, or Wardrobe, or Frank? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The production designer in this is fantastic. If you watch, there, there's one thing I really enjoy watching is Daisy. You watch what, what she wears. She goes from very kind of a 1930s uh you know dorothy and the wizard of oz and yeah by by the end she's wearing like a slinky pantsuit and stuff like that and she just slowly she slowly goes hollywood he's eaten by the hollywood machine yes yeah yeah. yes and uh yeah it's uh it's it's funny because you can feel i mean every oh my gosh i can remember years ago uh i was uh, when in a previous life when i was doing my uh tv dad's uh website I was interviewing uh, the guys who were the producers of a show called um, Mission Hill, which uh, uh, Josh Weinstein and uh, uh, Bill Oakley, they, they, they were writers for The Simpsons and they spun off and made their own uh, cartoon show. And right. they, had a little, they had a little house like this in Santa Monica. And it was like the, the, the furniture and everything, it felt like somebody's grandma died and then the the people who own you know the, the people who inherited the state said well let's just leave grandma's furniture there and we can just rent the place out and this is this has that same feel to it yeah. it's, like, it's all somebody else's furniture it's things they found on a curbside um, which is probably the way that they did the set decorations they probably drove around and looked for some some stuff on the curb Oh yeah, there's um, a lot, a lot of fly tipping in that. We call it fly tipping in England, where you can't be bothered to go to the dump or resell it, or give <laughs> it to Goodwill, so it just gets left on a street corner between two houses or a garage. Uh, yeah, that is, my, that is my new favorite word of the day. Okay, fly tipping. Fly okay, tipping, yep. yes, English term, but yeah, dumping your trash, not going to the city council dump or whatever it is, and or Goodwill or dropping things off. Just go empty the back out of a, a van, run up, drive away. Happens a lot on country lanes in the UK, not so much on residential streets but uh, yeah i saw a bunch of stuff when i was living out there i used to live on the uh, i used to live on the state line between massachusetts and rhode island and there right. was a curve there's a curve in the road at the state line and <laughs> nobody can it, see us here quick open the van yeah exactly you know so they they dump a sofa or a that's you know it. a kitchen table or a bunch of broken chair legs and things like that and neither massachusetts nor rhode island wanted to claim it because <laughs> then they'd have to go and pick up the trash for it. yeah so there and then it's city this... money paying for it to get it removed and pay a guy yeah. to drive it yeah so it was like a beaver dam of old furniture <laughs> stacking up higher and higher it looked like something that you know to keep the zombies out it just yeah fully built and then up some stoner sides. sets fight it and then they have to take action yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, but I, i'm sure this happens in every in every boundary line of, of of every country there's some there's lots of junk at the corners um <laughs> i have to i have to ask you've been on lots of interviews what was the worst interview or audition that you've ever been on I mean, i'm sure this is uh, yeah I, I remember uh, existential crisis maybe that's when i should have quit as well jim we did one for <laughs> what's it's if you don't know what's it's in the u.s it's basically cheetos it's just uh cheese puffs essentially okay. and the audition was uh you're on a beach with your pretty girlfriend you're playing volleyball then you're playing frisbee and you throw the frisbee but you've been eating uh so the you throw the frisbee in this uh 
guy catches it and throws it back at you. This guy is sunbathing and he's been eating Cheetos essentially or what's it's and you smell the cheese dust on the disc and start licking the disc like your life depends on it. Oh, so I was licking a free. How many actors lick this Frisbee in the casting? I don't know. I probably got typhoid. Uh, wow. But then a dog also smells the cheese dust on the disc. A little Jack Russell, not in the room, jumps onto the disc and grabs it. And you, both you and the Jack Russell are wrestling, trying to put like pulling a rope to dogs fighting over a, a rag doll or a rope. And I was on my hands and knees. Uh, <laughs> It was like an Abu Ghraib hostage video. I, yeah. When I left that thing, I did not want to do acting anymore. I went, has it come to this? Did I study for four years? Sorry, swear. Did I study for four years to do this? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I yeah. left did that going, who am I? What am I doing? So, some are quite embarrassing. In fact, there's a, an, a British TV sketch show called Cardinal Burns, listeners. Type in Cardinal Burns on uh, YouTube. Obviously, when you stop listening to this episode. Cardinal Burns, and the sketch is called Fiery Hawk. That is the antithesis and the lowest ebb possible. But that's what auditions are like when they keep adding things or the directors coming up with ideas. They also give you confusing things to wear. Smart, casual. What does that mean? Do you want to be more smart or less casual? It's very strange. And they go, oh, just have some fun with it. It's like, well, yeah, what does that mean? Because they keep adding things. Sometimes you go to a casting. So I'm ranting now. Uh, it's totally different to the actual casting to the tape you got sent in for. That's the other strange thing. It's very confusing. It was much worse, I think, back then without the advent of doing your own self-tapes. I think in the last three years, and because of COVID, one of the good fallouts of that was having to do a tape at home. And then if they call you in, you know they definitely pretty much want you or you're in the running with a smaller group of actors. It's not a meat market. And once you go to that, it's considered a recall. And then you get paid like $60. So you get paid to audition, essentially. So that's taken the sting uh, someone out of it but yeah that's frisbee the cheese dust fighting a, an invisible jack russell and licking the disc like you're in some you know <laughs> some deep throat 70s porn movie yeah, disgraceful quit, yeah. quit show business come on yeah i had some <laughs> questions for myself when i left that room believe me uh, starting to look at the vocational schools and thinking about huh, plumbing is okay um yeah the uh <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to. I was wondering the the other the other thing I've I've always wondered about uh, auditions, how much production you start thinking I need to I need to make my my audition tapes better produced and you start adding like special effects and titles. Yes, and... they don't like that. No, I yeah. started doing that when I first started doing tapes. Uh, my friend Hainsey is in Pennyworth, the big Warner Brothers show. It's on HBO Max now. I think it's in its third season. He was in season one and two, uh, but he kind of. I, on, well, I cannot repay the debt to this guy, my friend. He like he coached me and has to do a proper self tape because I had like a potted plant in the background. I think the first one I did was for Ted Lasso, uh, playing this uh, was he the Lothario housekeeper? I don't know. You just walk around in his shirt and his underwear all, without a shirt and he's in his underpants all the time. Not seen Ted Lasso. If you've seen yeah. the show, you probably know who that is. Uh, audition for that. And he looks at me and went, what are you doing? There's a potted plant. There's a fern in the background. There's a couch. He went, well, that looks like a real environment. It will help them picture it in their mind. He went, no, no, plain background, well lit, comb your hair. Like he, from the ground up, taught me how to self-tape, essentially. Uh, and no distractions, yeah. No distractions. It's just you. And I think my friend Alexia, who I'm coaching on a self-tape now, she's in Austria. She's got to do a thing for a corporate video but the scene is in a bath. She went, how am I going to set up my phone in the bath? And I went, you don't do that. Just do the scene to the camera. 
I think with showreels as well, people fall into that trap. They're like, I'm going to put this montage. I look cool. It's like, no, they just want to see you act. Even if you're just filming something on your phone, just so they can see a performance or something in your eyes and this and that. They just want to see two or three scenes. Showreel should be boring and showcase talent and not potted plants. I learned this in the last couple of years. <laughs> I was going to say, this uh, black actor, gentleman, he's dressed like the Nutty Professor. And Eddie Murphy is in this. I'm not sure if that's like a slight or an in-joke for Eddie Murphy. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, he's got I, the tweed on, the Harris tweed, and he's got the bow tie. <laughs> all, all of these people are... Um... Alexi, yeah, they're like alumni yeah, of uh, Frank Oz, somewhat, aren't they? But uh... yeah, he, um, I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to get bo both um, Cole Suddeth and uh, Adam Alexi Mail uh, to be on the show. I have heard nothing back from them. Of course, we're recording a lot of these out of order, so I may have had him yes. on a previous episode, and we've already yeah. been on, and here I'm <laughs> complaining about things. But uh, as of yet, I have not heard from. How does one reach these guys? Just on Twitter. Or... I, uh, I mostly I'm just looking through things like IMDb Pro and finding out who their managers are. Which, okay, course, which yes. is a giant black hole, and uh, you know you never hear from them again. <laughs> the two people I cannot deal with are publicists and agents. Yes, because it's it's useless. You just if you can find a way, if you can find their Twitter feed, and hopefully they read their Twitter feed. Yeah. Some people, it's like you go on Twitter and you're like, oh, I can find their name. Oh, there they are. And then you see like yeah. the last time they entered something on Twitter was, yeah. uh, you know, June of 2015. You're like, ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I thought I had that show with Kelly LeBrock. I was going to interview Kelly LeBrock, I think when, I think her book came out and it was a lot of tell-all with Steven Seagal and this and that. And I spoke to her personally on uh, Twitter. And she went, I think it was at the time, was it 2016 or 17? I don't think people knew really what podcasting was outside of Rogan and Adam Carolla. And it was trying to explain to her, she went, I'll pass you on to my publicist, Jackie. They were both lovely, but they're like, what's the podcast? What's this? I went, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> we had that with a bunch of guests, but again, publicist or this or that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I had, uh, I found, I found uh, to get, when we were doing the airport minute, I was, I was trying to get uh, Jacqueline Bisset on, uh, yes. on for the show. And uh, I wrote her, you know, an actual paper letter with a stamp on it and everything. I found out where her address was and I sent it right to her house. And I said, please, would you come on? If you need, if you need a headphone, I will send you a headset. You know, we can, we can get you all plugged in. And this was years ago. So yeah. podcasts were kind of a thing, but not that much of a thing. Mm. And uh, I had a call from a, from a Los Angeles number and I didn't pick it up because uh, it's probably just junk mail. And, and she left me this beautiful message of "Hello, Jim. This is uh, Jacqueline Bisset, and I'm sorry. I, I I think I've missed I missed you because I was out of the country and I couldn't be on your show. But I'm sorry. Uh, good luck with your show. Goodbye. And so I used that as the final episode. I just copied her voicemail, <laughs> took it on as my final episode. But you know, I got, I had Jackie on my show. Uh, <laughs> it was fascinating that she uh, she had called. On this. It, but you never know. You never you mm. never know if I mean. It was the caveat thing. of the call, by the way, how do you know my address? Did you deliver this personally and put the stamp on to fake, to fake posting it? Where are you? He's, the yes, call's you... coming from inside the house. Get out, Jacqueline. Yes. Did you lick the envelope? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not a, it's not a, it wasn't a Frisbee covered in like uh, yeah, that's, yeah. dust. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have to fight her Jack Russell at the, at the front door. Uh, but it was, um, yeah, it, 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 you never know. Like the thing that I keep telling other podcasters when they're worried about getting guests on the show is, the worst thing they can do is say no. That's the worst yeah. thing that can happen to you. They're not going to call it. the police. They're going to, you know, but you just, you send, you send something. And uh, I mean, 
look at look at how we did with uh, Billy Campbell and the Rocketeer. Mm. It was, he he showed up just for seeing us on mentioning him on Twitter. Mm. So you know you never know, and it, it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, have you? I I haven't listened to all of your Terminator shows. Have you had Terminator uh, stars on your show? We had. Oh my God! What was the name of the guy? I think he was in the mall. No, he was one of the Cyberdyne scientists. Ah. Not Joe Morton. He was, I think, he was the guy that's uh, handing him the new papers. He's got the thing with the thing, and he gets the thing, and he can't describe what it is as they're going into the vault. Oh yeah, and with the pa- with I think with the with the waste paper bin, and we had uh, Peter Kent who actually sought me out and went, "Hey, what's going on with this show? Why have you not invited me on?" So that was the kind of wow. one of the last episodes we did. I did, I did uh, terminate with him, and I did a questionable, and that led to me being uh, trained in stunts by Peter Kent. So wow. podcasting has actually paid me. Some great life experience. I was, I'm sure it's done to you, Jim. Paid me some uh, great life experiences. Yeah, it's um. Or you made never know new friends, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, you never know what's gonna. I mean, look at look at Daisy in this in this minute walking in. And all, she didn't know what was gonna happen, but uh, it, <laughs> it, all of a sudden you find yourself in a whole new world. Um, wow. Well, uh, we, we should save some of our conversation for the rest of the week. But we uh, should. Yes. Oh, we've but, got uh, plenty. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more, more to come. So it's good. But uh, yeah, let's 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 hold off for tomorrow's episode. I think that would be the best the best deal. Okay. So thank you all for listening, everyone. Uh, this has been the Bowfinger Minute podcast. I've been Ethan McKinley, the co-pilot, my Chewbacca, if you will, in this week that I'm doing piloting the Millennium Falcon. That is this show has been Jim O'Kane. Thank you, Jim. Uh, now, inside, here we go. Right, <laughs> right. We're gonna have to do some edits here. Hang on. Welcome in a dip. He's in the show. It's genius. Uh, I've just been handed my script for the outro. Uh, I was going to say, uh, if you are a fan of the show, or if you've uh, or like this show, maybe you should go to moviesbyminute.com and check out all the other minute shows. I mean, what are some of the latest minute shows, Jim? Because I'm drowning oh here. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, I think you got to go. Well, back how many shows are there? I think the there last time we did over, Silverado, over a hundred. There's over two hundred now. There's more. Oh than my god, thirty different shows. So it's quite a quite a pile it is funny how it's grown hasn't it it's very strange well and it's it's amazing that people and i the the most amazing thing to me is people have made more than one show about the same movie like like there's two different people doing there's there's more than one people doing like clerks and there's more than one doing die hard and there's more than (laughs) one doing you know it's just it it's unreal how many but it's it's always fascinating because if you like a movie and you want to hear a different take on it well there might be a couple of different takes on that film but yeah <laughs> movies movies by minutes um if you have go to moviesbyminutes.com i can't can't recommend that enough and if you see that your movie isn't there you might as well join us and make your own show because i mean gosh that's how we got into it it just it happens um and you know we, we were always you can join the movies by minutes group out on facebook to uh, to see these things, but uh, go to moviesbyminutes.com. We have all the details there and how you can get involved in the uh, Movies by Minutes podcast movement. And Jim, uh, where can they find all of your particular minute shows on individual websites, or is it collated in one big I, block you for you? Go to jimokane.com. It's very easy. It's all in one. It's a J I M O K A N E. Don't leave. Don't put it in the apostrophe. dot no. com. <laughs> and now uh, I was going to say you can. Uh, I'm back on my script now. Let's see. We got went there. We have bit bit of a bump in the road there, but here we go. I was going to say you can find uh, this show, even though how did you find it in the first place? You can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site bowfingerminute.com. Ask if they have. Oh no, that's I'm doing Joe Biden now. Here we go. <laughs> Turns left. 
War Did you put a question on the teleprompter? Please subscribe and review the show. What it does if you review or give us a thumbs up or a star, it pushes it up in the algorithm and more people can discover the show. If you want to talk about this outside of the show or talk about me and how terrible it was on the first episode, please do go to Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Centre on Facebook and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. Uh, is is that all there, Mr. Biden? Yeah, so, I think if you go down to in closing, it's <laughs> in closing, listeners, uh, you can join us here the next time, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, at Bowfinger Minute. And in the meantime, keep it together, just like me. Keep it together and keep it together. What an ironic ending to the show. Thank you for having me on, Jim. And listeners, we love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Keep it together, children. Cause there's always one more show. Cause there's always one more show.